Hey guys, it's Naylor. If you wanted another way to show your support for the LCR Media Podcast, I put together some merch just for the LCR Media Podcast. It's exclusive hoodies, stickers, and some other merchandise that you can check out in the show notes. You can also go on the YouTube channel at LCR and see the visuals underneath any video that you play. You can see exactly what this merchandise looks like. So go ahead and check that out if you want us to show support for the show. I definitely appreciate you listening, leaving those five-star rating reviews, and additionally, maybe picking up some gear. Thanks, guys. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and on today's IBG episode, I wanted to take some time and focus while it's still early in the season. We're kind of going through the spring rush, and we can really get caught up in the whole, you know, yes, yes, yes mentality of taking on as much work that as comes to us. But I want to focus on this episode of, of how I was able to build up my route density into three neighborhoods. 95% of my business is in three neighborhoods. I make over six figures just in three neighborhoods in lawn maintenance, talking about mowing lawns and fertilizing and fertilization weed control. So lawn maintenance, and it's, it's, it's easy, but it's difficult at the same time. It's easy to say, harder to do because it takes discipline to do what I had to do. And every year I battle with this over and over and over again, because it's just one of those things that is psychologically, I guess, as business owners, and especially depending on what our background is, you know, a lot of us come from similar backgrounds, whether we worked for corporate America or something, and we lost that job, or we couldn't take it anymore, and we want to do something else. So we pivoted into lawn and landscape, or we always were in lawn and landscape, potentially, maybe we grew up into it like a family business type thing, or we just grew into loving this business and never wanted to work for anyone else. So we just kind of evolved as a as a teenager and so on into making our own business till it became, you know, an actual legitimate business and then so on, you know, there's different, different versions of that story, obviously. So that's going to vary slightly to kind of like your mentality and your psychology of what I'm saying. But ultimately I think it's human nature when you're building a business, especially as an entre- a true entrepreneur. Um, and you know, you want to build something and see it grow and be successful. And, uh, e- even males, you know, versus females are typically like that whole, you know, we want to be macho and fluff our feathers, puff our chest and all that and be like, Hey, you know, I've got this big business and, you know, I, I have this and that, I have this equipment, these trucks and all these employees or whatever. Like, you know, you, you kind of get caught up in all that. So, I say that because with all of that mentality, it makes it harder to say no and so easy and natural to say yes. But it took me a lot of no's to be able to build the tightest route, one of the tightest routes on YouTube, because if I just said yes to everything, I'd be spread out all over the place. It's, it's slower growth to say no and to focus on specific services and specific areas but it's going to be more profitable and help your business and be less stressful in the end. If, if you can get past the, point, the fact of, 
well, I'm growing slow. Everybody else has like 50 million trucks and trailers and all this stuff. And oh my gosh, if you can get past all that, isolate yourself to a certain extent. Now this is, might sound counterintuitive to, you know, some other topics that I've, that I've mentioned before. And then I will talk about on this podcast in the future, um, about networking and paying attention to your competition, quote unquote, you know, and all that. But in this regard, you kind of have to isolate yourself and make sure that you are building the business that you want to build for you. Have a plan and have action steps to achieve, you know, the uh, have, have, a, have a goal and then have a plan with action steps to achieve that goal or those goals and just keep chipping away at it, you know, and be realistic, reevaluate, adjust, pivot, whatever. Don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. Uh, because that's where, you know, saying yes and no, that's where things get really out of hand uh, because route density is really key when it comes to to lawn maintenance successfully anyway and being the most profitable uh, with your time. Because if you're driving all over the place, then how can you can only fit in a certain there's only so many hours of daylight. So there's only so much you can do in the time that you have. So, you know, if, if you're going to work 8, 10, 12 hours a day mowing lawns. Uh, and you know, you can only, it takes you X amount of time to do each lawn. Say it takes you an hour to do each lawn. That's eight, 10, 12 lawns a day that you can do max. But if you're, and then that's when they're, when you're not factoring in drive time in between, right? So if you're driving all over the place, now it's really taking you an hour and a half maybe for each lawn. If you factor in 15 minutes here and there, so it's 30 minutes round trip and you're just bouncing all over town or all over a certain section of town, it's still kind of spread out potentially and you're wasting a lot of windshield time as it's called in the industry. Uh, whether you're solo or not, you're still wasting time. When you have an employee, that's when you really understand route density when it comes to a, a maintenance aspect because you're literally paying or you should be, otherwise that's illegal, but you, you know, you're literally paying your employee or employees to sit in a truck and drive all around town. That's hours of unbillable time that you're paying your employees for. Now, obviously there's going to be some of that because you do have to drive from point A to point B, but the more you minimize that and, and have a tighter route and a route that makes sense. And, you know, we spend this day over here and this day over there, if, if it's not in the same neighborhood or whatever, instead of going a couple in this neighborhood, then a couple in that neighborhood, and you're driving back and forth and ping pong balling all over the place. Um, you know, like it's, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. But again, when you have an employee, that's when you really realize that. And But I, from an early early on, realized how beneficial route density was before I even had employees. But then, you know, so I built up route density. And then when I started hiring part-time employees, that it just it just worked out better for me and it made sense. And I'm like, wow, I, I can't imagine if I still had, you know, if I, I didn't have the, the dense route that I have now. Um, because when I did start, I did just like everybody probably take, took on whatever came my way because I just needed to start making money and generate revenue for my business and, and try and quickly reinvest into my business to upgrade my equipment, to be more efficient and, and take less time to get these lawns done by myself and so on with, you know, bigger, better mowers and all that. So, I mean, I, I was, just taking on anything and everything, but I quickly realized that that was not profitable. I mean, at one point, year one, two, and three, I think, because it became a point where, you know, once you get settled in with particular customers, you almost feel bad 
to, you know, let them go or, or whatever, because it doesn't, it's not a good fit anymore for one reason or another. Um, and in this case, because it's too far away. So you end up, you know, with them for a few years. And, but I had, I had one specific customer that it took me 20 to 25 minutes to get all the way across town to mow this person's lawn for 30 minutes. Like it literally took me by myself 30 minutes. It was the tiniest little lawn. You know, I, I could easily do it with a push mower, but I I had a walk behind mower right off the right off the bat. Um, year one, um, full time anyway. I borrowed some money and bought a belt drive walk behind forty eight inch mower, which is one of the most inexpensive mowers you can get, and it's also very reliable. Less things to break. Don't have to worry about hydro lines busting, leak, and all that. It's just belts. You just they wear down. You replace the belts. Not a big deal. So there's a lot less maintenance with that, but it's also not as productive, not as fast. You know, there's no quick forward reverse and all that with hydraulics. It's all these gears that you have to keep switching back and forth. But anyway, it was still a lot more productive and more affordable was the biggest thing for me starting out than just using my 22 inch Husqvarna, you know, uh, push mower slash, you know, auto pace, whatever, you know, mower you want to call it. Um, so I, I could use either or, but obviously it was faster to use the 48. The point is it took me 30 minutes or less to knock out that whole lawn, mow, trim, edge, blow, and I'm out. But it took me 45 to 50 minutes, depending on traffic, round trip to get to that yard. And that just makes no sense. I was there less time taking care of the lawn than it took me to get there. And and there was no, and clearly, obviously, I wasn't charging enough because no one can charge enough for that. You'd have to charge like, you know, 75 bucks to 100 bucks for that yard to even make sense for that, for the amount of time that you just spent. You know, you spent 30 minutes there, uh, 45 minutes, you know, round trip. I mean, that's, you know, you're, it's almost an hour and a half that, that you spent total time, you know, like there's loading and unloading, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that just doesn't make any sense to, to spend that much, to, to, to do that, to spend that much time there. And you can't, no one's going to want to pay that much for that. It just made more sense for her to find someone local that, you know, they, the price would still fit her, her budget and it'd be in, and they, they wouldn't have to drive 45 minutes round trip to get there. Uh, but that never happened. Fortunately, she just moved out of the area. So by default, I didn't have to go over there anymore. But that's definitely was a, one of the many lessons learned in the beginning. Um, but little by little, I had to find ways to, you know, get rid of those types of lawns. I didn't have the heart at the time to get rid of that one. It got rid of itself. But I quickly realized that I had to get over and get a thick skin and started getting rid of some of the other yards that were somewhere in between her yard and where all my yards are now. Uh, and I just really been, been, been picking that off and keeping it really tight and just keep growing in the three neighborhoods, the main three neighborhoods that I'm in that are all close to each other. They're all in their same relative, uh, area diameter. So we spend, you know, basically a whole day, one, one neighborhood we spend a day and a half in and other in the other two neighborhoods we spend a day in. And then we have a few scattered in another quote unquote neighborhood, but it's an older neighborhood that's very wooded and more spread out. So it's still in the same general uh, circumference of everything that, that we have going on. But because it's more spread out, it takes more time. Uh, to get from yard to yard versus the cookie cutter HOA homeowner association yards that are newer and all the houses are right next to each other piled up on cul-de-sac to cul-de-sac to cul-de-sac and you just drive up and down each street and knock them all out. 
this other neighborhood is a little bit different, but I took on that neighborhood because it gives more additional maintenance work because it's an older neighborhood surrounded with lots of trees, which means there's lots of fall leaf cleanups um, and, you know, spring cleanups and all that. A lot more mulch, you know, to be done in, in, in the mulch beds and things. So it just gave me a little more versatility to kind of extend our season. So it's not just all the newer neighborhoods, the other two newer neighborhoods or the other three, I'm sorry, the three newer neighborhoods that, that we're in, uh, that I'm in, you know, they're, they're all newer. So the trees, there's only, you know, a few trees that they plant when they build a house and that's it. Um, and the, you know, they, they, they're only so big and they only drop, but so many leaves. So there's only certain sections of those neighborhoods that are kind of backed up to woods or whatnot. So some of those yards, if I have them on my route, which I do have a few here and there, will accumulate some leaves for us to take care of. But ultimately what would happen is once mowing stopped, everything stopped. I had nothing else to do. I'd have a couple of houses here and there to clean up a few leaves. And then that was it. You know, I had the whole winter quote unquote off and that's great. You know, I mean, I I saved up money throughout the year, had a separate winter savings, which that's another topic for another day, but I had a separate uh, savings for winter so that every month I still was getting paid basically from that account, that savings account. It was a certain amount of money every month that we would put into that so that I'd have enough to get through winter without, you know, the same amount of revenue coming in. Uh, And that's fine for me and it allowed me to do a lot of other things and catch up on doing things with my family and, you know, recovering my body and and energy and all that, you know, go to the gym and and work out and, um, you know, make YouTube videos and connect with everybody on social media and plan for next year for my lawn care business. And what do I need to change? What worked well? What didn't? All that kind of stuff. What are the goals for this year? And reevaluate and pivot when necessary. It gave me that downtime necessary, but... When I wanted to grow, which has always been the plan to get to two crews since day one, that's my ultimate plan for my lawn care business. Um, I, you know, in order to do that, you need to be able to hire employees and you need to be able to keep employees. And part of that is keeping work year round. So I don't have to lay them off, you know, give them unemployment and then hope they come back the next year or rehire new people every year and go through that whole cycle, which is expensive. It takes a lot of time to hire and train as well as it costs money for that. So, um, you know, I I want to avoid that as much as possible. So the best way is to kind of keep work as close to 12 months out of the year as possible. It obviously still going to get slow over the winter. So you still have that downtime that you need to plan and prepare for the following year, you know, evaluate the, the, the year that's just ended and so on, uh, get caught up on maintenance things if necessary. Uh, but there's also some work like fall leaf cleanups and things like that to kind of keep it, keep it, carried all over um, throughout the, the, the winter time to get you hopefully back into the spring when mowing season starts. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. 
That's therampwreck.com. And of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. You're listening to the LCR Media Podcast. That's the main reason why I started to get some of these other neighborhoods so that we could have more of that type of work uh, so that we could, um, you know, like I said, keep 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 everyone busy and keep providing the hours throughout that time frame uh, throughout the whole year. So the bottom line is we don't go very far from day to day to to just mow lawns. It's it's just something that I was able to build early on into uh, my my company and and structure it that way. But again, to my point in the beginning of this episode, it took a lot of no's because I get contacted constantly from all over the area, and it, it makes things very challenging, right? Because marketing is very challenging. You know, websites, Facebook. Um, sending out flyers, postcards, whatever, uh, it, it definitely makes it challenging because it's really hard to pinpoint neighborhoods. It's easy to pinpoint zip codes and towns and all that kind of stuff, or easier, I should say. Um, but you know, it, it's, 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 you know, SEO search engine optimization works or it doesn't. And there's no real way to kind of filter that out. Like, Hey, you know, I want everyone in this zip code to know that I exist, but not all these other zip codes. And, you know, things just get a little, little more challenging with that. So the point is, uh, when, when you, when you are this laser focused as I am, and, and I've talked about this so many times over social media and a lot of folks, and especially my peers in the industry know this, know me for this by, by now, and have seen some of it firsthand, like in person, uh, the route density that I have and it's literally three neighborhoods. Um, well, it's, like I said, technically there's that fourth neighborhood that's spread out, but three neighborhoods is 95% of our business. And that's where we make all of our money is in those, those route dense neighborhoods. And there are other neighborhoods kind of a little bit further away from those neighborhoods surrounding, but I haven't branched off into the, those neighborhoods yet. That would be for like crew number two, because that would stretch us a little bit too thin because that would be another 15, 20 minute drive out to that neighborhood just for one yard and hope that we build up some more. And I've made videos about this in the past too on YouTube where I've had to cut off some yards in recent past, you know, the last couple of years or so where I took it on, like, this is a good neighbor. This looks like a good neighborhood, new neighborhood. Let's see what happens. And I would mark it in there and we'd be in there for a, a whole year going into the second year and nothing. Not a single person contacts you, uh, contacted me. And it's like, I can't afford to drive all the way out here anymore. I can't obviously force these people to sign up any more people, but I just can't keep coming out for this one this one yard. It's just not profitable. So I had to cut them off and refer them to someone else that was in that area and so on. And it just might seem crazy to some people, especially the people that contact me and I say, I'm sorry, you're not in our service area. Currently, you're not in our service area or some version of that. And they're like, well, but you're in Midlothian, right? I'm in Midlothian too. And I'm like, okay, Midlothian encompasses several zip codes and it's a large area. Just because you're in the town of Midlothian, Virginia, uh, does not, or I think technically it's the village of Midlothian in Virginia. It's still large. It still covers a lot of area. And I'm not, you know, for mowing lawns, we can't afford to drive all over Midlothian. 
you know, let alone anywhere beyond Midlothian. People are like, oh, I'm, I'm right out. I'm just right next to Midlothian in another town. I'm like, you don't even understand. We're not taking everybody in Midlothian, let alone the next town over. Like, but pe- people just don't understand that, obviously, because they're not in this business. They don't know. They're just looking for good lawn care services. And I appreciate the opportunities. But again, that's where I go back to what I said, how it's it's difficult to say no, even though it's easy, it's difficult because it takes discipline. You know, you feel bad, you know, people are calling you and they, oh, they say you were recommended by this person, that person, or, oh, you have so many great reviews. And every time we look, you know, we looked up lawn care and boom, you were right there. And, you know, you, you, you get sucked in and you're like, oh man, you know, you want to, you want to just get after it and get out there and maybe you'll get some more work in that neighborhood, but maybe doesn't pay the bills. So you need to focus on what you already have. If you're first starting out, then yeah, take one in this neighborhood, take one in that neighborhood, take one in this neighborhood and just go and figure out what's the best neighborhoods for you, where you can grow and start going from there. But when you start to establish yourself in certain neighborhoods, you really, really have to focus on saying no so that you can keep growing in those neighborhoods. That's the kicker right there. That's, that's, you know, where, uh, as my friend Paul Jameson, uh, from the green industry podcast has said recently, um, this is, this is where I'll land the plane here for the, for this episode is the kicker is if you don't say no to other neighborhoods, other, you know, potential customers, you will not be able to say yes to the ones that you currently to in the neighborhoods you currently are in. And I use this analogy on another YouTube video. Uh, I think it was similar around the, the, the t- same time that I got rid of that one yard that was further away. And I took it on hoping that I would get more work in that neighborhood. And I never did. And, you know, I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole. You can check out that video. Uh, you could just go into my into my playlist and you can you'll be able to see it wasn't too long ago. Um, it's uh, pr- pretty. Um, I forgot the, t- the title of it, but. Uh, basically, the video is, you know, I had to get rid of, I had to drop this customer or something like that. So, but I'll, I won't go into all those details, but it was around the same time frame and the same mindset of me saying, you know, let's say, which I think this was accurate for all for these yards is, you know, the, the average yard we're charging about $50 to mow, you know, a lawn, uh, you know, or it's like uh eight to 10,000 square feet max. You know, they're, they're, they're not the biggest lawns in the world and there's not a whole lot of trimming or edging or anything. Some have fences or whatever, and it might, might take a little bit longer. So we charge them 55 or whatever the deal is. We're not, this, is, this isn't about pricing this episode. Again, that's another rabbit hole for another episode, but the, the, we would just say $50 is the average um, in my area for, for the smaller lawns. And if I'm charging $50, for the average lawns in the neighborhoods that I'm already in and I'm charging that $50 for that other house in that other neighborhood that I only have that one yard in and never grew. No one ever contacted me or even cared in those neighborhoods. And it takes me, let's say it takes me 30 minutes to mow that lawn, 15 minutes to get out there and 15 minutes to get back to the neighborhoods that I'm already in. Right? So that's an hour, an hour total. So for $50 in an hour, but in the neighborhoods I'm already in, in that same hour, I can take on two, literally two additional yards at $50 each that take me 30 minutes for each of them. And and because it's literally in the same neighborhood, sometimes on the same street, we may not even have to load and unload. Uh, we may not even have to 
yeah, load and unload multiple times, we can literally just ride on and slash walk on over to those yards and knock those two out literally in 30 minutes, like each one in 30 minutes, an hour. So, so we can in an hour make a hundred dollars in that neighborhood versus $50 driving out to another yard that we have never grown in that neighborhood. But you see, that's an hour that we took out. So if you look at it even deeper, even further, we took an hour out of our day for that one yard, only made $50. And that means that that hour, we couldn't take on any additional work in the neighborhoods that we were already, already in. I hope that all makes sense. So the bottom line is, if you keep saying yes to the wrong yards, to the wrong neighborhoods and so on, the wrong prices and all that, you're actually hurting yourself more than you even realize because you're not, you don't have time anymore in your schedule to take care of any more yards where you want to be, where you already are, yards that you want to accumulate because now you've already committed these other jobs, other oddball services maybe that, that you don't normally do and you don't have the right system and equipment for, but you're like, hey, well, I got some free time right now. Let me just say yes to that. And then someone contacts you from a neighborhood you want, you're already in or want to be in and they're like, hey, you just want to know if you can give me a quote for mowing. And you're like, oh man, how am I going to squeeze that in? I don't have time now. I'm booked. So if you think about all of that like that, hopefully that will give you the right motivation to keep reevaluating what you say yes and no to. But I'm just telling you, it took me a lot of no's to get to where I am with my route density. So you just got to keep all that in mind. Again, this is all for mowing. You know, when you get to landscaping, hardscaping, all that kind of stuff, you're talking five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars jobs. You're, you're going to have to travel in a lot of cases for those things. And that, that that's all part of it. I mean, you know, you're making a lot more money off of these jobs. You're spending a few days or a week on the property. I mean, that's that, that, you know, that just makes, makes sense. You're going to have to drive out for those kind of things to, to get that work. Uh, not everyone in the same neighborhood is going to want a patio or whatever, you know, so, but everyone's got grass. Everyone has needs their lawn to be mowed unless they're doing it themselves. The grass is always going to grow and the leaves are always going to fall. So that's the bottom line uh, when it comes to route density for for mowing lawns, um, lawn maintenance, just just in general. So I hope that all makes sense. That's just kind of my trials and tribulations of what I've done over the years and how I've gotten to the point where I'm at with my business. And I continue to do this philosophy. I have taken on one yard in in a new neighborhood now that's close enough to that spread out neighborhood that I told you about that we can just tack that onto there. But again, that's some more time added on, but I'm hoping because it's a really nice neighborhood, um, you know, with a lot of potential, I'm hoping that I will get some more accounts in there and we're doing some advertising and, and, and trying to, you know, make sure that we do whatever we can to get some more properties in there. But it's going to be just like the story I said prior. If we don't get any uh, this year, in that neighborhood or the start of next year, we'll say that's usually, you know, we get past next year's spring rush and still nothing, then we're just going to have to, you know, refer them to another company because, uh, it's just, it's just, it's just not going to be profitable anymore to, to go out, to go add that extra, you know, to go back out to that one yard again. So, but I am trying to branch off because it is 
super slow growth. You have to understand that, you know, not, not everyone in every neighborhood is going to want to contact you or whatever. I mean, you could be the best of the best and everyone sings or praise it, but there's always going to be somebody else in most cases that is also doing a good job. And, um, you know, they, they may, they may get some of the work too. I mean, there's more than enough work for, for, for all of us, honestly. So I've never understood that whole competition thing. There's plenty of grass for everyone in my area. Anyway, they're building tons more houses, houses, neighborhoods, apartments, all this stuff, which is good, um, in, in, in some ways and, you know, bad for the trees and all that and the environment in other ways. But, it is what it is. It gives us some more work um, from a lawn landscaping aspect. Um, and, and ultimately, it's it's just one of those things where you have to realize that, you know, there is enough work for everyone if we do everything the right way and we can work together even and help each other out. But again, that's a, a another topic for another episode there. Um, but basically... Like I said, it's going to be slow growth, slower growth because you're just trying to stick to those same neighborhoods and not every single homeowner in there is going to, you know, contact you for lawn service or either doing it themselves. Or like I said, they, there's other companies that are, that are there that, you know, want the opportunity as well. So it is super slow growth. So eventually, you know, you're going to saturate a lot of these neighborhoods and a lot of these streets. So you're going to need to branch off and little by little work your way kind of outside that perimeter, uh, which is why I kind of dabble in these opportunities. Like, okay, well, here's another neighborhood around the outskirts. Someone contacts me. All right, let's go for it. Let's, you know, see if we, if they go, um, they approve our quote and everything and we start taking care of their property. Let's get in there. Let's start advertising and see what we can do, see if we can build up another route in another neighborhood. And, and, and that's, that's how we continue to grow the route density way. Uh, keep keep growing that route dense, uh, that route density, um, by keeping everything as close together and saying no to all of the other odds and ends and all the other accounts outside out of out, out of that area. But I'm just telling you that it can be done. Um, I'm proof of it. I know a lot of people have been starting in my area have been starting to incorporate that. It's just one of those things that's been talked about for so many time, so many years. Kind of like knowing your numbers is another topic for another day. Route density is just another one of those key topics, buzz phrases or whatever um, to say in our industry to help everyone kind of get on the right track to be the most profitable you can be, again, when it comes to lawn maintenance. So without rambling on anymore, uh, here's that this was the episode here, how I was able to build up my whole business basically of lawn maintenance in just three main neighborhoods um, and make over six figures and continue growing that and and how I stay disciplined as challenging as it is by saying no to grow. I'll catch you guys on the next one. As always, this is Lawn Care Rookie signing off. Hey guys, before you head out, if you could do me a quick favor and go on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe, it would mean a lot. Thanks. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. 
Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.